Our friends at Entergy congratulate the hardworking men and women at Grand Gulf Nuclear Station. In addition to powering Mississippi homes and businesses with clean, low-cost energy, Grand Gulf plays an important role as an economic driver in our state. Thank you for strengthening our communities and congratulations on your record-setting production. The carbon-free energy from Grand Gulf will power a brighter future for generations to come. Entergy, we power life. Uh, Mike Bianco is a national championship coach. We feel confident in what a turn of events. Uh, there was some time there where we didn't think he would finish his career at Ole Miss. He would finish it at another Power 5 program. And now I think they'll name the stadium after him. And I'm not kidding. Um, we welcome in someone who's covered him, I think, for 21 of the 22 seasons. He was out in Omaha. They've done a great job, both djournal.com and Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Offord and Michael Katz. Parrish Offord, Ole Miss Baseball Insider, joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Uh, Parrish, when I say Mike Bianco is a national championship coach, what comes to mind? You know, it, I guess what comes to mind is it, it finally happened for him because he He's put himself in position so many times, and uh, like so many, so many championships, this one was just unexpected. It was a team that got hot and played well at the end, but certainly, um, you can talk about team meetings and players believing and, and all of that, and that's great, and that needs to be a starting point. But uh, when you're seven and fourteen in conference play after two-thirds of the conference season, there's just not a lot of belief from anyone else. What was it like to – and I, you may not have been able to catch it live because I don't know what you were doing, you know, roaming around trying to go to a media spot or whatever, but I, I feel confident you have watched it now. Uh, what was it like when you saw Mike Bianco and his wife embrace – and how, you know, emotional that was in the 22-year grind to get to the promised land and the national championship, Parrish? You know, when I saw that, I thought um, championship, yes, but just just validation of the work and the effort. And I know what uh, Mike said after uh, the, uh, the Super Regional at Southern Miss about uh, – all of the noise and, and trying to tone that out. And, you know, he did mention that it was hard to do that when he would see his family or he'd see his players because he knew they were on social media, you know, hearing all of that discussion about his future, about his job security and all of that. I know he talked about turning that out. I think that's uh, really hard to do. And I don't know how much he was able to, tone all of that out when I saw the two of them together you know I, I just in my mind I saw a sense of relief as as much as joy relief as well okay uh and then the embrace with Lafferty and Clem most most staffs don't stay together that long even in college baseball which kind of has a little bit more longevity than football and basket high level football and basketball staffs 
Uh, I can't remember when Godwin went to East Carolina, but I think it was 2014. But, I mean, these three have been around each other a long time. Uh, obviously, one of them's been there a long time. What was your reaction when you saw Bianco and the assistant coaches embrace? And look, those two assistant coaches thought they may have been moving out of Oxford in April. Parrish? Right. Again, just validation of the work and the effort and the program. It, and it's it's great to win the national championship, Bo, and it's great for them that they had this big turnaround uh, at the end of the season. But it's like the program should already have been validated, not necessarily with the national championship, but with uh, the idea that this is one of the top programs in the country, and it is every year. But then there was this there was this conversation about the head coach and, by extension, the assistant coaches. Uh, now that uh, that goes away, and honestly, I think the ship had sailed on that discussion really after they reached Omaha, and certainly after they went on a run. Yeah, nothing lasts forever, you know that. Chris Lamontis won this last year, and and I've I've seen on social media a comment or two uh, questioning whether he's the the man from Mississippi State. I know you've seen some of that as well. It's not a lot. There's not a lot of it out there, but there's some. And the point is, even a national championship does not protect you from that indefinitely. But there was so much of that conversation around Mike Bianco's future this season. It's just it's good to see him finally get over the hump, get to Omaha, which was the first step. Sure. Uh, that, that, but uh, – then to go on this run and really, you know, push buttons along the way, man. It was like everything he did with his pitchers turned out to be the right move. Yeah. Now, there was some some conversation, you know, when he was pinch hitting uh, Ben Van Cleve and Hayden Leatherwood against Arkansas in that game that they lost. But, uh, man, it, it just seemed like everything he did with his pitchers uh, was the right move. Uh, Parrish and Katz have done a great job the last – well, forever, but the last 10 days as far as fresh content on Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford and Michael Katz on Facebook plus djournal.com. And so you'll want to check that out. Go ahead and join the group. Uh, but they've really hit home run after home run, no pun intended, uh, with their coverage. Parrish Alford, Ole Miss baseball insider on the Corona Premier guest line. All right, you, I, I agree with you on, on Delucia and Elliot. They were absolutely amazing, and they were the key to to the to the whole deal, along with some other pitchers. But you you and I've talked about this, and you kept harping on it. It's pitching, it's pitching, it's pitching. Even with all the phenomenal hitters they have on their team, but I tell you one thing that jumped out at me yesterday was a guy who was in a slump, who's still the best player on their team as far as everyday player, and Jacob Gonzalez going yard, and then the other hit when they needed it. You know, talent rises to the top, and he is the best MLB prospect on that team. Talk about Jacob Gonzalez yesterday real quick, Parrish. Finally come through because he had not in recent games. I mean, it's something he did a little bit early offensively in a College World Series, but, you know, he really had been struggling most of the tournament. Remember, it was Jacob Gonzalez for the last out in the game. They lost 3-2 uh, to two against Arkansas uh, when uh, they – when they could have advanced to the championship round without playing that extra game. And, and that was, again, they had gotten some clutch hits in that game, but that was an opportunity to win it, 
to, to win it late. And it wasn't just Jacob. They could have done it uh, in, in other ways. But, you know, he, he flied out. He wasn't able to come through in that situation uh, in that loss. But as they kept striking out in at bat after at bat yesterday uh, against uh, Cade Horton, I just, you know, I, I just thought, well, this isn't going to be the day. And, and I started looking ahead and I thought, uh, you know, their pitching lines up uh, pretty good tomorrow. They haven't used a ton of the bullpen. And, you know, they'll start uh, Delucia and just see how long he can go. You know, I, I thought they had a good opportunity uh, if it was going to go to a third game. Uh, and it just turned on a dime. And like you said, they, they got the hit against Horton and got him out of the game. Uh, but then, I mean, this uh, Trevin Michael, this closer they brought in, I mean, you're talking about a guy with a two-and-a-half ERA and ten saves. I mean, he was their guy. You know, and, and there were, uh, you know, uh, Oklahoma media sitting off to our right as as they were just basically getting dominated uh, by the starter yesterday. And uh, the commentary I was hearing from those guys, you know, we're always talking in the press box, Bo, and it's usually cynical. But uh, the the comment I was hearing from those guys was, man, if they can't, uh, you know, if they can't hit Horton, they're not going to touch Trevin Michael. You know, I thought uh, Oklahoma looked really tight at times. They looked tight early Agreed. in the first game, and then at the end, this this closer to come in and you know they they hit him, they teed off on him, they got the hits, but it's the wild pitches. You know, that's how the big runs score. We'll leave it there. Parrish Offer, djournal.com, Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Offord and Michael Katz on Facebook. Parrish, thanks. We'll catch up again soon. Appreciate it. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Parrish Offord, Ole Miss baseball insider, joined us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Straight ahead, I think we've got Tom Luganbill coming up next on the SEC Insider Hit. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Our friends at Entergy congratulate the hardworking men and women at Grand Gulf Nuclear Station. In addition to powering Mississippi homes and businesses with clean, low-cost energy, Grand Gulf plays an important role as an economic driver in our state. Thank you for strengthening our communities and congratulations on your record-setting production.
The carbon-free energy from Grand Gulf will power a brighter future for generations to come. Entergy, we power life. You're listening to the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We are driven by the Ram Trucks and Jeep Wranglers at Mack Hike and Flowood. Visit MacHikeFlowood.com. If you are looking for a pre-owned SUV or truck, And again, we're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app, and this interview will be on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We want to welcome in uh, Ole Miss All-American, David DeLucci, over 10 years, Major League Baseball, and uh, played for DK, uh, still close to the program, and uh, now he has a national championship program. David DeLucci, congratulations. How do you feel this morning? Well, I feel great, Bo. It's uh, been an incredible year, uh, a fun team to follow that went through some difficulties throughout the season, and to see how those players went to Omaha and the way they handled themselves and played uh, was truly tremendous, and I think it says a lot about their character. Uh, it's a great lesson for anybody. Uh, who's followed that team that you're never totally out of anything as long as, like I said yesterday on SEC Network, as long as there's a crack in that doorway, you bust that door open and you win it. And uh, this team was truly awesome. And I can't say enough about the fans, man. 26,000 fans last night in Charles Schwab that was loud as you could ever imagine. And they were treated to the first ever national championship. You know, Mike Bianco has been so successful, and when you raise the bar, then the expectations are raised within the fan base. And he lived in the postseason, and he lived in Super Regionals, and he won big games and so on. But the talk was, and look, I live that we do 200 shows a year. I live this every day with Ole Miss and Mississippi State, depending on the time of year and season. Um, But people were asking questions uh, about Omaha trips. Last year, Bianco decides to interview with his alma mater, LSU. Um, Wasn't offered the job. That rubbed some people wrong. This year, we knew they had the talent, and it was an up-and-down season. Just talk about Bianco finally punching that ticket uh, that was so coveted within the fan base, David. Yeah, it's it's difficult in the sports world nowadays uh, because of, of so much pressure that is on the coaches and the players and social media makes things worse. And, look, man, they're only human. They, they listen to the outsiders. They read what's posted about them. And it's more difficult on the 18- to 22-year-olds that are playing the game. Uh, but that's the state of sports in today. And, and I think Mike and any other coach at that level – uh, would admit that it, it's part of the territory. You're expected to win every single year. When you have a program like Ole Miss and the success that they had and as close as they've been to the pinnacle for so many times and, and being one game away and losing in the Super Regionals and losing at home, uh, a lot of fans said, what, what do we need to do to get over the hump? That was the big question. And in college baseball and college sports in general, you'll only get athletes for sometimes two years, three years, sometimes four. 
So they're in and out, and the only fixture that you have is the coaching staff, and that's what the fans go after. When the team is doing bad, they blame it on the coaching staff. When the team is doing great, they compliment the players. True. So that's the world we live True. in. And, uh, and I, I credit Mike for, for what he's done in this program. Look, I, I, I played my last year was 95. We made it to the championship series in the Tallahassee Regionals. We were close to Omaha. After that, the program took a dip, a serious dip. And it was heading in a downwards trend until Mike came to Ole Miss. He is the reason that our fan base are so spoiled that Ole Miss is constantly in the Super Regionals, constantly in the Regionals. And I can't tell you how many times I've, I've had to reply to the fans and say, would you rather be the ninth team playing baseball this year or the 290th team that finished this season? I mean, that's how it is, and, and I get it. Everybody wants to win a national championship, but being close – isn't that bad either. And it was one point during the season when I was on the rally cap show on the SEC network where I asked the producer if I could kind of script out a, a, a segment where I was addressing Rebel Nation because we had great parts and we had great talent. They just weren't playing together and they couldn't do uh, both facets of the game at the same time. And uh, it was just a matter of time. We were just hoping they were going to break out in the season and uh, they put it together at the right time and, and uh, made a tremendous run to win it all. He is uh, David DeLucci, former uh, Ole Miss All-American, played Major League Baseball for over 10 years. He joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Ole Miss swept Oklahoma in the championship series. They're now national champs. Unbelie- I, never, I wasn't sure I'd ever cover a national championship team from the big three sports in this state. Now Mississippi goes back-to-back. So, D- Dylan DeLucia and Hunter Elliott, I-, I mean, they were they were fabulous, amazing. It's just remarkable once they got put in place. They just got better and better. Talk about how they were able to rise to the occasion and just get better and better down the stretch, and they were awesome in the postseason, David. It's, it's man, it, it's, it's all about confidence, Bo, and, and, and putting the right – pieces together I think the the responsibility of a coaching staff is to take players and put them in situations and positions where they can succeed and if they succeed the team succeeds and and that's the interesting part of baseball is you got to be a little selfish and if you're a little selfish you're going to be better for the team and and that means that you got to go out there and be successful and play well and so when Dylan DeLucia was put into the starting rotation he flourished and that gave momentum and it gave confidence to the other pitchers and what a great move to put Hunter Elliott going right behind him in game two so we got to watch those two guys battle it out in the postseason and do extremely well and it didn't stop there man I mean there were moves in the college world series that if you look at them on paper you go man I I certainly hope this works out because if it doesn't (laughs) Uh, this bullpen is going to be taxed early on. And I'm talking about starting John Gaddis and starting Jack Dartery. And, and as an analyst, I'm looking at it, and, and I've got to analyze this thing if it's good or bad. And at that point, you've got to trust Coach Bianco and the staff that, that they know what's going on behind the scenes. But I promise you, there were millions of questions going on as to, you know, why wasn't 
this going on and why wasn't this guy playing? But it all worked out, man. And I, I just think it's it's confidence from the players uh, in this coaching staff. It's confidence from the players to the players. And when you set the tone early, like Dylan DeLucia did, I think everybody else just kind of took a deep breath and said, let's go, man. If he can go up there and do it, we're all behind him. And it doesn't hurt when you have guys come in big situations to pitch and the offense comes through, like Jack Darty, he came in with a two-run cushion. I promise you that helped him on the mound. Sure. Take a deep breath and relax and pound the strike, though. No doubt. David DeLucci on the Out of Bounds show. Uh, I think Dylan DeLucia made him some money the last eight weeks. Your thoughts? I certainly hope so, man. It, it was a, a, a gutsy performance, and, and for me, in, in grading talent, that's number one. If the guy can go out there in big moments like that and succeed and not be afraid of the situation, I, I, I love to see that. And then you can teach him all the other skills. Uh, he threw outstanding. During the course of the year, he seemed like just you know above-average pitcher with above-average velocity. Definitely did not show premier ace Friday night start when you're looking at radar gun and spin rates and all that kind of stuff. But when he got in the situation where he had to produce, man, that fastball came alive. It was 93 miles an hour with tremendous movement. He even had some rise to it uh, and a filthy slider that he mixed up uh, with a couple of different breaks to his breaking pitches. So I, I hope he's rewarded by climbing up the prospect chart and the draft status because he's definitely a pitcher that's proved that he can go out there when the game's online. I don't think he's going to be a big league starter. I hope he is, but I think he's the kind of guy you can bring out of the bullpen middle or league. Okay. Uh, David DeLucci on the Out of Bounds show in the Corona premier guest line. Look, Elko was magnificent. Graham is such a, a big piece of the puzzle and losing him and him coming back, that was obvious. I could go on and on. Our friends at Entergy congratulate the hardworking men and women at Grand Gulf Nuclear Station. In addition to powering Mississippi homes and businesses with clean, low-cost energy, Grand Gulf plays an important role as an economic driver in our state. Thank you for strengthening our communities, and congratulations on your record-setting production. The carbon-free energy from Grand Gulf will power a brighter future for generations to come. Entergy, we power life. The Out of Bounds Show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Good morning. Welcome in. We'll have Steve Robertson, Hale State Insider, on in five minutes. We talked about the pressure that Mississippi State put on Mike Bianco last year, and they did. Uh, now, some of that shifts back to Starkville, Mississippi, and Chris Lamonis and his program. Uh, and I, when I say that, somebody will take that out of context. This will be on a message board in 30 seconds. When I say that, I don't mean that Chris Lamonis is on the hot seat. I'm just saying when one does something, it affects the other. It just does. It impacts the other program people. And Lamonis winning it last year uh, revved it up. 
for Bianco and his program. Now Bianco countering revs it up for Lamonis and his program. Don't you think the nine and twenty one in SEC play and not even making the tournament might even be worth? Like, if you had lost in a regional or super regional and Ole Miss won the title, do you feel as bad as a, as a Mississippi State baseball no, fan? No, you don't. Yeah, you don't really, because you still won your title, which is always going to be there. Sure, it's really and the you fact, won it first. It's really the fact that your season was so anticlimactic that you couldn't enjoy it. Yeah, well, they missed and they know it and they've acknowledged it, but the question is, can they put the what is the time? Here's what people want to know. Bottom line. What's the timetable on them putting the roster back together to be really, really, really good and competitive? That's the bottom line, right? People don't drive up there to watch them lose Mm-mm. seven to four, eight to six, and five to two on the weekends. They just don't. Mm-mm. Or much less 27 to <laughs> two or whatever it was to Tennessee. Now, I know the next day they had a more than a, a great opportunity to win that game. And, and they just, they couldn't hit. But the bottom line is now Bianco and Ole Miss have kind of, mm-hmm. again, made the uh, the pressure in the room is now turned up even more. Lamonis and Bianco will always face pressure because of the expectations for the two programs. Um, and, you know, you, you look at what Jay Johnson is doing through the portal at LSU. And some other things happening. It's not going to get any easier. So tip of the cap to Bianco and Lamonis for going ahead and getting their championships. Because if you thought it was difficult, and it was. What Ole Miss just did, what Hell State did last year. It ain't easy. I don't care if Ole Miss made it look easy at times in the postseason. There were still some close games and tight moments. And of course for Mississippi State, there was a lot of ebb and flow last year. But the bottom line is... It's only going to, even Skip Bertman acknowledged in this Mike Bianco article that I'm looking at on theathletic.com. And, and a lot of coaches can't do it because they'll tell you when we want it, it was harder and more difficult. In my day. Okay? Bertman has the ability at his age to step back and go, it's so difficult to win now because there's so many good coaches. Mm-hmm. And there are. Not just head coaches. Assistants. And there's so many good players because of the travel ball, middle class, upper middle class boom. And parents have decided, not just in baseball, soccer, softball, you know, tennis, golf, whatever. We're going to go nuts and we're going to throw as much money as we possibly can at junior or, you know, sweetheart from six years old to 16 to see if we can put them in position to get a power five or G5 scholarship. And don't get me wrong, there's other scholarships that are still incredible. You go to JUCO, that's amazing to me. You go to, how's it tiered out now, Blake? I don't even know what's under G5. D2, D3? I don't know. Yes, that's correct. Y'all know what I'm saying. You get a full ride to Delta State, that's still awesome. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Brought to you by the uh, pre-owned and new SUVs and trucks. Mack Hike and Flowood, MackHikeFlowood.com. Also, the show is brought to you by Went McGee, the mortgage man, MortgageManMS.com. We're about to have uh, Steve Robertson on. And the show is brought to you by the unbelievable selection of Boar's Head premium meats, cheeses, and hummus. Boar's Head, compromise elsewhere. Where do you want to go? Corner market grocery stores in the state of Mississippi. 
Boar's Head, you want to make some game day sliders, a Boar's Head pizza, Boar's Head nachos with their premium meats and cheeses. You go to Corner Market and load up on all the amazing uh, high-quality products that Boar's Head offers. And uh, family-owned in America since 1905. Can't really say that um, that much anymore. Boar's Head, compromise elsewhere. Our guests join us, by the way, a, a Boar's Head pizza with a Corona premiere. Thumbs up. Our guests join us on the Corona premiere guest line. This is the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We welcome in Steve Robertson, Hale State Insider, 247 Sports on the Out of Bounds Show, Gene's page. Steve, we talked about this last year when Mississippi State won the national championship, and this is just how it works in the state, that that put more pressure on Bianco and um, his program. Now Bianco and, and the Ole Miss Rebels punch their ticket, puts more pressure on Lamonis and his program. Do you agree with that? I don't know if there could be any more pressure, though, on uh, on Chris Lamonis. I mean, after, after the season you've had, I mean, you certainly, nothing motivates one school in the rivalry more than seeing the other one succeed. And I think in many respects, as successful as Mike Bianco had been even prior to the season, when Lamonis won one, I think people are like, okay, well, this is enough. And uh, to be honest with you, you know, I, I told you guys before, I have a lot of respect for that program at Ole Miss and, and Mike Bianco. I think they do things the right way. And considering how embattled he was this year and so many people calling for his job, I mean, there's a, there's a part of it. I think you just absolutely have to respect it. You know, I mean, you, I think you have to feel good for Mike Bianco, but uh, you know, Chris Lamonis and these guys are, you know, working to kind of bring in some guys from the portal and turn this thing around quickly. And, and I don't think the Rebels did him any favor, you know, you know, by by making this run at Omaha. But uh, a lot of expectations for the Mississippi State fan base to have this thing right back where it was. All right the uh, the ten million dollar question is uh, how realistic is it that they can flip this roster? with who they have returning, the freshmen that they're going to net out after the draft, and the transfer portal. So that's a lot right there. All right, so let's start with the transfer portal, and then we'll, we'll work through. With, with what they have now secured, how do you feel about the direction that Lamonis and his staff are going through the transfer portal, Steve? Well, I, I would give this portal class a B plus right now. Uh, I, I think you got to go out and get a, a couple more difference makers, and, and mainly on on the pitching side. You know what I'm saying? I think the lineup's going to be solid. I mean, you pick up Amani Larry yesterday, who was absolutely outstanding at UNO, and and um, I think you feel good about him. He's a potential leadoff candidate. But uh, yeah, I think state one of the more desperate things state needs is you got to get a closer, and I believe they're very close to getting a closer. Uh, they're very close to adding the right-handed bullpen arm. I think State's got to find a left-handed matchup guy to bullpen. I mean, it's like you have some left-handed arms coming in with this class, but in those high-leverage situations, you don't want to have to go to a freshman. I mean, there are some special ones out there at times that have done some really big things. I mean, you know, you look at what Hunter Elliott's done this year as a starter for Ole Miss. I mean, there are some guys that come in kind of mature beyond their years. But, you know, late in ball games, you've got to be able to match up. And I think that's one thing states really struggled to do last year, just one of the bullpen uh, woes. But you, you didn't consistently have that left-hander to come out of there in high-leverage situations that get you out of an inning. And we saw Cameron Teller hit the portal yesterday. But 
I don't think, I don't know, I don't know anybody expected it back. I had people that were like, hey, is this news? I was like, no, this is not news. I mean, I, I don't think there was any question that he was not going to be a part of this team uh, moving forward. Now he's officially in the portal. We wish him the best. But, you know, that was kind of the, the best that State had last year, you know, because Pico, I think, was, was really more of a long relief guy. But State's got to go out there and find a veteran left-hander at some point to come out of that bullpen to kind of match up. I think that's one of the more desperate needs. And I think, you know, finding one more bat, probably an outfielder. I think they're very, very close in that respect, too. And so, yeah, can they flip this roster? They absolutely can. I think they're in the process of doing that. You've got a very, very highly recruited recruiting class coming in. And as you mentioned, some guys coming back. But, you know, the stopgap guys, the guys that kind of give you the ability to to be better sooner are going to come from this portal. Okay. Uh, would, would Lamonis and them like for those guys to be in by – I guess second term summer starts next week. Walk me through that. Are they trying to get those guys, some of these guys that you're referencing, in by August? Yeah, yeah some of those guys will be. Um, yeah, you know, there's so many of these portal guys, you know, and a lot of those guys don't want to talk yet, not publicly. And I understand that, you know, because they're still fielding offers and things like that, and the situations are so fragile. And a lot of times, coaches they're they're dealing with will tell them they don't want them putting offers out there. I mean, it's not like high school football, you know, where you have Every time a kid gets an offer or gets a phone call from a, a coach, they tweet it. You know, there's a graphic going out. It's a little different because these guys, in many respects, are making a business decision. And so I think they're very careful of what they do. But I know that many of the incoming signees will be on campus next week. Now, that does not prevent them from being drafted. That's one thing that's a little different. You know, back in, you know, in the old days, because, you know, you and I are from the 1900s, you know, it's like uh, whenever <laughs> – Whenever a guy would enroll for fall classes, well, it was over, right? Right. It's not like that, buddy, going in for the summer. And so there will be some guys that that show up on a college campus here in the next week or two for summer school that are still going to be drafted and sign a pro contract. I know that, you know, State's got several of their um, MLB prospect guys that uh, are going to be enrolling next week. And so uh, that'll be awfully interesting to see how that thing plays out. And I think maybe if if you're Mississippi State, too, you get the kids here and all of a sudden they're – yeah, they're away from home, they're on a college campus, they're having fun, they're making friends, they're involved in workouts. And, and maybe if you're a marginal guy that's got a decision to make, maybe you said, you know what, I'm already here, I'm going to see this thing through. But uh, a lot to think about, a lot of moving parts to this whole baseball recruiting thing right now. Okay. So how many uh, guys do you, how many transfer portal guys do you expect to be enrolled next week? I don't know if I could put a number on that. I do think that they'll probably sign between six and eight portal guys. Um, I think some of the guys who maybe have already made a decision, you know, will probably make the move here. But, uh, yeah, I talked to Monty Larry yesterday, and this has all just been such a whirlwind for him. He's not exactly sure they're working through all that stuff right now. But, uh, you know, getting those guys in here for summer is really big. And I, I think – just being on campus and being around the other guys and kind of getting this bulldog career thing started is important. So we'll, we'll work on that, you know, here in the next uh, few days and try to get a number on that. But at this point, I just can't quantify how many of those guys will be here for summer school. Now, did I get this right? You're talking about freshmen enrolling. Now, usually when you, right when you step foot on campus, you were done for two or three years, depending on your age. Uh, are is this right now, since the draft isn't till July 17th, that some of these freshmen can enroll, but if they are drafted, they can still go MLB, or is that not correct, Steve? No, that, that's correct. Yeah, you, 
traditionally it's been if you enroll for fall class. You're done. Right? And so, yeah, okay. yeah. But this, this is summer school and the fact that the draft falls so late. And this is kind of an unusual year because, you know, like last year, one of the things that we talked about is, you know, Mississippi State's getting ready to play for a national championship. And then you had some guys down the roster that weren't on the travel team that were going into the portal. And everybody's like, what's going on? Well, the deadline was there. So now, okay, you know, the College World Series is now behind us. And the, the deadline to enter the transfer portal and be eligible to play next year is July the 1st. So we got that part of it fixed. And now we've got a late draft. You know, so usually, you know, the draft happens much earlier. So you've got more time to plan and, and kind of bob and weave a little bit based on how things develop. You know, now you've got, okay, we've got to get through how many guys are in the portal. Now we know who we can recruit officially. And now there's still the risk of those guys you know, getting drafted and going pro, you know, you and I have talked up there about what LSU has done. It's like, uh, I think there's some name recognition with that class, and people are like, wow, look at that. And, I mean, and then you look at the numbers for Christian Little and Carter Young, and I think you realize Vandy's probably glad they're gone. But that, like Jack Pineda is a good example from Baylor. You know, this is a guy we've, heard, we've been hearing he was going to go into the portal since probably April. He goes into the portal, goes to LSU. However, there are a lot of teams out there that appear to really like him. And so he could be a guy that, commits to LSU to go to the portal, out of the portal, and then gets drafted and then never sees campus. And so it's just another kind of layer to all of this. College coaches right now on the baseball side don't know who on their team is coming back, don't know who in their signing class is coming back, and don't know how many of these portal guys are really going to continue to play college baseball. So there's a lot left to figure out. That's a lot to unpack. Okay, so – how many freshmen do you think could actually have an impact for Chris Lamonis next year? Well, I really like Ross Highfield. I, I think that that's – and maybe he's not your full-time catcher. Maybe he catches one day on the weekend, catches in the midweek. And, uh, you know, I think that I think he's the future at catcher. I really do. I know they've got a couple of catchers they've got signed, and there's some talk that Luke Hancock may be back. I mean, that, that's, again, going to be kind of dependent on what happens in the draft. But I really like him. I think there's some arms that come in that uh, have a chance to be uh, significant guys that can kind of eat up some innings for you. You know, Colby Holcomb's a junior college guy, but, um, you know, he's 6'7", 225 pounds, and he went to the MLB combine, didn't throw, just kind of went through the interview process and all the medical stuff. And uh, he tells me he has got a number in mind that he's not backing off of and, and really wants to play in college. But if he gets, you know, life-changing money, he'd be a fool not to take it. And so there are going to be some names that are going to be very new to many Mississippi State fans. And a lot of those are going to be you know, freshmen. Uh, but you're not going to be just dependent on them because of the fact you're going to get some of these poor alarms. And, again, Holcomb, you know, is a junior college guy. And so – you're going to get a good mixture. So it's not like it's just going to be this incredibly young team next year. Because, you know, old wins in college baseball, as we've seen, it's what Ole Miss did, what Arkansas has done uh, last year in many respects, what Mississippi State's done. So you've got to have some maturity and some experience on the sure. roster. That's going to come from the returning players in the portal. But I think on the pitching side of things, State's going to probably rely on some of these guys that are you – know, like Bradley Lofton is an outstanding pitcher you know, out of DeSoto Central. I had a, Kyle, I had a Mississippi baseball scout tell me a month ago he was the key to Mississippi State signing class, that he was good enough that he could have pitched on the weekends this year right out of high school. So that's a guy that you'll expect some big things from for sure. Hmm. Uh, all right, so we've got some texts coming in. We're visiting with Steve Robertson on the Corona Premier Guest Line. 
Uh, if you thought this thing was heated up, just add another national championship in the state of Mississippi. And here we go. Uh, jeanspage.com, 247 Sports, the Boneyard Podcast. You uh, Give me the roles of Cade Smith, Jackson Fristow. No, no, no. Let me start here. Preston Johnson. Handicap it. Is he is he back for the maroon and white, or is he somewhere playing Major League Baseball? That is a great question, and that's one of those things that we'll basically find out here in about three weeks. But um, if I had to call it today, I think there is probably a better than 50-50 chance that he's back, but not much more than that. I think it's probably a little more towards he's likely to come back, but you know, he all he needs is one team, right? I mean, it's not like you need a you know you're not, you're not running for office here. You need know, just need one team to go out here and say, yeah, we'll take you. You know, Preston also has two years of leverage. You know, so that's one of the things that's a little interesting too. But you know, talking to some people that they feel like that they're certain he's going to be a back end of the draft guy. It's just going to be a matter of if will he sign or not. And I think one thing too with Preston, he loves Mississippi State. I mean, he, if there was ever a kid born to go to Mississippi State, it's Preston Johnson, you know, right there out of Crystal Springs, Mississippi. And so that's a factor, too. You know, the fact that he has another year to play with, you know, I don't think he's going to take peanuts to go play pro ball. So I would say it's probably better than 50-50, but I wouldn't say it's significantly more than 50-50. Okay, uh, who are the three big guys coming back? Hunter Hines, Slate Alford. Who's the other big guy that I, that played a little bit? Looked like uh, a linebacker? Clark. Oh, you're talking about Aaron Downs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah are, are those three guys? I know Hunter Hines is coming back. Are the other two coming back for MSU? Yeah, yeah, those guys are both all, all expected back. And that's the thing. You've got you've got a nucleus of some younger players. And, and Kelvin Clark's not a younger player anymore. He's going to be a junior. But, you know, when you think about, you know, Hunter Hines and the year that he had, even though he had a bum hand, I mean, you know, it's like, what's that kid, kid going to do when he's healthy and he's got a few more ABs under his belt? and. You know, Aaron Downs is, of course, is a guy that didn't get to play a whole lot last year, but a guy they think an awful lot of, and Slade Offord defensively might be your best third baseman, just kind of figuring the swing out a little bit. But you know, that's a young nucleus of players that you feel really good about. And then you bring in some of these portal guys and then some of these younger guys that are coming in that you, uh, that you expect to be able to contribute. Yeah, the, the, the pieces are there, you know, for a, a pretty rapid turnaround. But, uh, you know, as we've seen, we don't play games on paper. You know, you got to get out there on the field, and these guys got to get ready to play. So. Uh, Steve Robertson on the Corona Premier Guest Line. A um, lot going on in the state of Mississippi. Ole Miss wins a national championship. Mississippi State has a bad year, a down year, and there's a lot of things going on as far as transfer portal and, and so on. Uh, where else was I going? Cade Smith. Uh, do you expect him to challenge for a Friday or Saturday night spot? Um, if not in the fall, in January and February. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I think he's, you know, he certainly validated himself as a weekend guy and was really Mississippi State's most consistent strike thrower. I think you know, down the stretch last year, you know, he had some games he was a little bit up and down. I think sometimes, too, that they probably rode him a little bit longer than they wanted to just because of the fact he had, he had basically nothing coming out of the bullpen. And, and uh probably stayed with him a hitter or two too long a couple times. But, uh, you know, Kate Smith's a future Friday night guy. If it's not this year, it's next year. But this guy can really pitch. And, yeah, let's be honest, State's very fortunate that they have him just because of the fact that it was a five-round draft in 2020. If it's a traditional draft in 2020, Kate Smith's not even in school. I mean, he's that good. And so 
I think you feel good about that piece. And to be honest with you at this point, I would say that's the only piece you know for sure of your weekend rotation that you're confident is going to be there this year. You still know what's going to happen with Preston. And you, you mentioned Jackson Fristo. You know, it's Fristo stay in the bullpen. And, you know, that was that he had some shiny moments last year, but he also had some other ones that were just not very good. And, you know, the consistency was the issue with him. And you know, they really hound him two years ago. And you know, people forget he was the Sunday guy, you know, for basically a month there. And State won all those games, including the no-hitter against Kent State. They like to go back to Sarantola against LSU, and Sarantola never never appeared in the starting lineup ever again. But I think that decision kind of messed with Fristo's head a little bit. I think he was probably always looking over his shoulder, thinking, okay, i got to be perfect here. And last year he didn't win a spot in the rotation, uh, had the big moment out there at Arkansas, and had a, had a couple big moments against Florida. But you know, then you have that LSU game where he has the guy struck out, doesn't get a call, and it's just like we kind of fold. And so that's what they've got to do with him. They've got to figure out because I think Jackson Fristo's stuff is electric. It's just a matter of kind of getting him, you know, mentally prepared for, for what he's going to face in the Southeastern Conference. So you think he could compete for a weekend spot? I don't know that I would go that far. I think that he's probably a guy that could, with some big below and a pretty decent slider that could come in and and be a relief guy. Okay, so I, you're I leaning of- you're leaning toward him uh, staying in some kind of relief role over starter, you're still you know leaving that door open, but I get the sense you're leaning towards him staying in the bullpen, right? Yeah, as for now, you know, we'll see what happens in the fall. I mean, you know, people forget, you know, when Dakota Hudson came up, and I'm in no way comparing Dakota to Jackson. That's not fair. Um, Dakota Hudson had pitched, what, you know, 12 SEC innings, ends up being a first-rounder. So guys mature and develop. That's and true. Jackson first could be that guy, too, so... All right. Well, I didn't hit even half of what I was going to get to, but um, guess what? We can do this again next week. We'll have uh, Steve's colleague on tomorrow, David Johnson, with Rebels 247 to go over several things. And um, so Steve Robertson just weighed in on some baseball. We'll get into more uh, next week on the transfer portal and high school recruits and all that. I can't imagine being a baseball coach this day and age. Steve, thank you. Steve joined us on the Corona Premier Guest Line, the Boneyard Podcast, and 247 Sports. We are the Out of Bounds Show, brought to you by the Premium Sticks, the Premium Cigars, at Havana Smoke Shop across from Shaggy's at the Reservoir and I-55 North, Frontage Road, Jackson. 